the title of this sermon this morning is Mercy for a Blind Man. Ask you a question. If you were to write a novel and you were coming to the end of that story that you were writing, how would you conclude it? Would you give some big climactic ending with the main characters doing something heroic? Would you have the evil character get saved and become good? If you were writing a novel and you're coming to the end of it, you probably wouldn't bring in a character that no one has heard of before. In fact, if we were to finish the storyline of what we have been studying so far in the Gospel of Mark, we might have someone like Herod, the evil governor, get saved. Or we might have the self-righteous Pharisees fall on their knees before Jesus Christ and beg for forgiveness for plotting to kill Him. Well, as the Gospel of Mark is coming to a a culmination here at the cross and the resurrection of Jesus, we're not going to see the evil governor get saved. We won't see the self-righteous Pharisees get saved. Instead, we're going to see people that no one has ever heard of before in the land of Israel. Men that in the eyes of the Jews are the scum of the earth. And we're going to see these men get saved. It really is a marvelous story of salvation but not in the way that you and I would write it. In fact, there are four men that get saved as we come to the culmination of the Gospel of Mark. These four men are a a blind beggar, a tax collector, a thief, and a Roman soldier. All men who are totally despised by the Jews. All men who are not deserving of salvation. And yet Christ in His mercy is going to save these men. This morning we're going to be looking at the blind beggar. This blind beggar. And so let's pick up in Mark chapter 10 and verse 46 and follow along with me as I read our passage for us here this morning. Mark chapter 10 and verse 46 Then they came to Jericho, and as he, Jesus, was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a large crowd, a blind beggar named Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the road. When he heard that it was Jesus, the Nazarene, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many were sternly telling him to be quiet, but he kept crying out all the more. Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, Call him here. So they called the blind man, saying to him, Take courage. Stand up. He is calling for you. Throwing aside his cloak, he jumped up and came to Jesus. And answering him, Jesus said, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, Rabbani, I want to regain my sight. Jesus said to him, Go, your faith has made you well. Immediately he regained his sight 
and began following him on the road. As we come to this amazing encounter between this blind man and Jesus, this is the last miracle of Christ that is recorded before he goes to the cross. This is the last one. Jesus has been doing miracles all over Galilee, all throughout his ministry, all throughout the other regions there in Israel. He's caused the dead to rise. He's caused the deaf to hear. And even the demon-possessed to be set free. But this morning we're going to see a blind man receive his sight. But this is not the only miracle that is done for this man. In fact, really, if we were to look at this, and as we do look at this this morning, we're going to see two miracles that take place in the life of this man. He does receive his sight. That is a miracle. But there's also a miracle that is done in the heart of this man as well. Now, as we see in this passage, there are two main characters that are are at play here. First, there is Bartimaeus, who is the blind beggar. And then there is Jesus, who is the sovereign Savior. So we're going to break up our passage here this morning into those two points. Point number one is the cry of the blind beggar. The cry of the blind beggar. And then we'll look at our second point, point number two, and that is the compassion of the sovereign Savior. The compassion of the sovereign Savior. And so let's pick up with our first point here this morning, the cry of the blind beggar. Look at verse 46. Then they came to Jericho. Stop right there. Now if you remember, they have left the region of Perea. Jesus has been teaching there, and he's been traveling with his disciples, with the twelve apostles. They were in the region of Perea, and they were teaching there, and they've left there, and Jesus is now fixed upon Jerusalem. He's fixed upon going to Jerusalem. If you were to follow on a map, you would see that Jesus has crossed over the Jordan River now, and he's heading east toward Jerusalem. And as they're headed toward Jerusalem, they come upon this city called Jericho. They come to Jericho. Jericho was about 17 miles northeast of Jerusalem. Jericho is a low-lying city. It's about 825 feet below sea level. Very low-lying city. If you remember, from last week we talked about Jerusalem. Jerusalem is just over 2,500 feet above sea level. So This is going to be a hike for these guys as they go from Jericho and head up to Jerusalem. Jericho, though, was a well-watered region, very warm climate, and it was a very attractive place for people to live. Tropical climate there, lush green oasis. In fact, it was called the city of palms because palm trees grew everywhere there, lots and lots of palm trees. Josephus described it as the richest part of the country. 
was the richest part of the country, and he called it a little paradise. Jericho, this little paradise. And while Jesus was in Jericho, he had an encounter with a man whom we know as Zacchaeus. In Luke chapter 19, we read about Zacchaeus. If you grew up going to Sunday school, you probably learned the song, Zacchaeus was a wee little man and a wee little man was he. What did he do? Climbed up in the sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see, right? Remember that. Where did that take place? There in Jericho. It happened right there in Jericho. Who was Zacchaeus? Zacchaeus was a tax collector. He was a tax collector, and Jesus went to the home of a tax collector in the city of Jericho, and he spent time with him. And when Jesus went to the home of Zacchaeus, there in Jericho, the people were complaining because they had said, Jesus has gone to the guest, to be the guest of a sinner. A sinner. A tax collector. Tax collectors in those days were despised. They were despised by the Jews. And this crowd that's there in Jericho could not believe that Jesus would do such a thing. To go and spend time with a sinner? Why would he do that? They were shocked. The crowd was shocked that he would go and hang out with sinners. Well, the people, this crowd, they're going to be shocked again. Because Mark continues on in verse 46 and Notice what it says there. It says, and, and he was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a large crowd. A blind beggar named Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the road. So here's the scene. We can set the scene here. Jesus has visited the house of Zacchaeus. He's there in the city of, of Jerusalem. He's visited this tax collector, this sinner, who gets saved, by the way. He gets saved, and then Jesus is leaving town. He's leaving Jericho, and as he's leaving, there is a, a blind beggar sitting on the side of the road. Now, if you were to look at Luke's account, this account is seen in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. If you were to look at Luke's account, you would see that Luke says that Jesus was approaching Jericho. But here in Mark, and also in Matthew's account, it says that Jesus was leaving Jericho. So which is it? Was he approaching Jericho or was he leaving Jericho? I believe that he was leaving Jericho, as, as Mark and Matthew tell us. Because in Luke's account, the Greek word that is used there for approaching can also mean near or in the vicinity of. That's what Luke is talking about. Jesus was not approaching Jerusalem, but he was near or in the vicinity of Jericho, as he's leaving that city. So he's leaving the town or the city of Jericho, the city of Palms, and as he's leaving, he meets a blind beggar sitting on the side of the road. Matthew and Luke don't tell us his name, but Mark does. Mark tells us what his name is. His name was Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus. Bar meaning son, 
And Timaeus is the name of his father, son of Timaeus, which is exactly what Mark tells us there. Bartimaeus. And in Matthew's account, Matthew tells us that there were two blind men. There were actually two that were there. But Mark and Luke only focus on this one blind man, Bartimaeus. But notice what Bartimaeus is doing as Bartimaeus is sitting there on the side of the road. Bartimaeus is a beggar. He's a beggar. Why? Why would Bartimaeus be sitting on the side of the road begging? Well, in those days, if you were blind, it was seen as a curse from God. You were cursed by God. And they saw it as a curse and a judgment from God because of some sin that was in your life. Either that you did or possibly even your parents did. That's why in John chapter 9, where Jesus heals the blind man, his disciples ask him, Rabbi, who sinned? This man or his parents? That he would be born blind. Who was it? Was he the sinner or were his parents the sinner? If someone was blind, they... The Jews at that time, they saw it as divine judgment from God because of sin. And so these blind people are left for nothing. And all they could do is sit on the side of the road and beg. They couldn't get jobs. They couldn't earn a living for themselves. Their life was spent on the side of a road begging. That's what they did. And what they begged for were alms. They would beg for alms. Now what are alms? Well, alms is a word in the Greek that means pity or mercy. Mercy. It was an act of of giving to the poor. As somebody would walk by, they would beg for alms. Just give me something. Give me some alms. And when someone gave alms... They were, in a sense, dispensing mercy on that poor person. And that's Bartimaeus. As he sits on the side of the road, that's been his life. He's been begging for mercy from these people as they daily walk by him on this road. Bartimaeus was a beggar. And these people viewed him as just that. Only a beggar. One who was despised and rejected. He deserved it because there was some sin in his life. That's what they thought. So he deserved the position that he was in. Verse 47 tells us though that when he heard that it was Jesus the Nazarene, he began to cry out and to say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. This man may be blind, but he can still hear. In fact, that's what they say. When you you lose one sense, then there's others that kick in that are stronger. He could hear. His eyes didn't work, but his ears worked great. (laughs) And he could listen to all the things that were around him. And obviously this man has been listening to a lot as people have been walking by him. He's been listening to what people have to say. He'd been listening to a lot of teaching growing up. 
He's no doubt listened to the people on the streets as they've been talking about Jesus because Jesus was popular. The crowds loved him. They followed him. They wanted to see him. They wanted to see another miracle from Jesus. And as this blind beggar is sitting on the side of the road, he's been listening as people have been talking about Jesus. Now he hears that Jesus is walking by. Here comes Jesus. You can imagine what's going on in this man's mind. He can't see anything around him. But all of a sudden, the noise of the crowd following Jesus is growing louder and louder. Luke tells us that the man was inquiring from the people around him what was going on. He can't see, so he catches someone and says, Hey, hey, what's going on? Why is there so much noise on this road? And what they told him was, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. So when he heard that it was Jesus, notice verse 47 tells us that he began to cry out. Now this is not crying in the sense of him weeping tears. This is a shout. To cry out with a shout. With a crowd around Jesus and all the noise that's going on around him, all this man could do was shout out and try and get Jesus' attention. It was a loud cry. It was an urgent call for Jesus. And look at what he shouts. Look at what he says. Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Now what's interesting is, it wasn't too long before this that Jesus had raised Lazarus from the dead. And he raised Lazarus from the dead over in the city of Bethany. Over in Bethany, which was about 15 miles away from Jericho. So it's not too far. Obviously, if Jesus has raised a man from the dead who was dead for four days, which means he wasn't just dead, he was dead. And in the Jewish eyes, from the Jewish perspective, on that fourth day, it was impossible for resurrection to take place. But Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead, and word gets around and begins to spread around Jericho, where this blind beggar Bartimaeus is, and he hears about this man who has raised another man from the dead. And if he can raise someone from the dead, you know Bartimaeus had to think, well then surely he can heal my blindness. Right? And so he calls out to him and he says, Jesus, son of David. The crowd told him that it was Jesus of Nazareth. But notice what he says. He doesn't say, Jesus of Nazareth, have mercy on me. He says what? Jesus, son of David. Son of David. Now it's interesting that he would use this title for Jesus. Obviously, Bartimaeus had some kind of theology, a good theology at that. He had a theology. Although he's a beggar on the street, he had a good theology. He had some understanding of the Old Testament. And he calls out to Jesus with the title, Son of David. 
What's interesting is this is the first time in Mark that we see this title used for Jesus. And it comes from a blind beggar. A man who's despised by people. Who's left to sit on the side of the road. Why does he call him son of David? This was a title for the Messiah. It's a messianic title. And it goes back to the covenant that God made with David back in 2 Samuel 7 when God promised David that a king would rule on his throne forever. It's the Davidic covenant. And so they knew that it would be a son of David who would be ruling and reigning on the throne of David forever. And Israel at this point has been waiting for him. They've been waiting for the Messiah. They've been waiting for the son of David. While he's right there in their midst, the people rejected him. The Messiah is there. And this crowd rejects him. But not this man. Not Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus knew who Jesus was. Remember back in Mark chapter 8, the 12 disciples declared that Jesus is the Christ. He is the anointed one. Again, what are they declaring there? That he is the Messiah. Well, joining with the 12 now is a blind beggar who is declaring, Jesus, you are the Messiah. And he knew that Jesus, as the Messiah, was his only hope. Jesus was his only hope. You see, Bartimaeus was left on the streets as a beggar, and he had no hope of living a normal life like the rest of those people that were living there in paradise, in Jericho. He knew his place in life, and he knew that he was just a helpless beggar. But he knew that he was a sinner, he knew that he was unworthy. And at this point, he calls out and he says, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me because he knows that this is his only shot. This is it for Bartimaeus. This is his only hope. It's his last hope. Jesus, the Messiah, the Savior of the world, is right there in front of him, walking down the road. And he's coming, and he's going to pass right by him on his way to Jerusalem. And so, Bartimaeus calls out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. But as Bartimaeus does that, look at what the people around him do. Look at verse 48. Many were sternly telling him to be quiet. But he kept crying out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. The people are trying to silence Bartimaeus. They obviously saw him as nothing. He's a low-life beggar. Just be quiet, Bartimaeus. He doesn't want to hear from you. But notice they don't just tell him to be quiet. Notice what it says. They were sternly telling him to be quiet. The Greek word that's used there is... Epitomeo, which means to scold or to rebuke. The crowd is scolding him. 
They're rebuking him and telling him to shut his mouth. Look, Jesus doesn't want to hear from you, Bartimaeus. Jesus doesn't have the time of day for you, you blind beggar. You just sit there and be quiet. That's how they looked at this man. That's how they saw him. That's how they treated him. Just be quiet. Sit on the side of the road and beg. It's all you're good for. That's your low position in life. But what did it do for Bartimaeus? It just caused him to shout all the more. In fact, Mark uses a different Greek word for crying in verse 48 than he did over in verse 47. This time Mark uses the word krazo, which means to scream or to shriek or to cry out with a loud voice. While the crowd is telling him to be quiet, he kept crying out. He was shrieking out. He was yelling out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. In his final attempt to get the attention of Jesus, he wasn't going to let these people in this crowd stop him from getting to Jesus. He wasn't going to let this crowd get in his way. He wanted Jesus. And that's all he wanted. And so he screams out again. And this time he says, Son of David, have mercy on me. Now what is this man asking for? Notice he says, have mercy. Mercy. He's begging for mercy. He doesn't say, show me grace. He doesn't say, please give me what I don't deserve. He doesn't say, shower me with blessings, Jesus. Although he would receive blessings and he would receive grace. That's not what he begs for. But he begs for mercy. He says, show me mercy. That is, please don't give me what I do deserve. Please withhold the punishment that is justly deserved for me. That's his cry. That's what he's begging Jesus for. The man realized exactly what he deserves. He knows what he deserves. He realized that he was a sinner who deserved hell. He knows that. That's why he begs for mercy. Don't give me what I do deserve. He realized he was a sinner who deserved everything he got in life. And so he begs for mercy. He begs for forgiveness. That's his cry. That's what he shouts out to Christ for. And listen, that's what every one of us needs, right? We need mercy. We need mercy from God. We need forgiveness from God. But here's the thing, we can only receive mercy once we realize how sinful and wretched and depraved we really are. If you don't ever come to that place, you will never cry out for mercy. But this man did. He came to that place. And he realized who he was before a holy God. 
that he was a sinner who deserved nothing but hell. But he cries out for mercy. That's his cry. That's his shout. That's his plea. Christ, have mercy on me. How does Jesus respond to this man? Let's look and see how Jesus responded to him. Let's look at our second point here, point number two, the compassion of the sovereign Savior. Not only did we see the cry of the blind beggar, but now we see the compassion of the sovereign Savior. Look at what it says in verse 49. And Jesus stopped and said, call him here. So they called the blind man, saying to him, take courage, stand up. He's calling for you. Notice Jesus stops. Remember, where is Jesus going? He's headed to Jerusalem. He's fixed upon Jerusalem. i got to get to Jerusalem for the Passover because my time has come to die. Remember, that's just what he's told his disciples. For a third time, he's told them, I'm going to go to Jerusalem to die and to rise again. And Jesus is fixed on that. But as Jesus is walking by a blind beggar that no one else would have noticed, Jesus stops. He stops. This is, this is amazing. He's headed toward Jerusalem, but he hears the call of a blind beggar over the crowd that's gathered around him. And he stops and he tells this crowd of people who have been telling Bartimaeus to be quiet to call him over. Think about that. These people have been yelling at Bartimaeus and telling him to be quiet. Shut up, Bartimaeus. He doesn't want to hear you. And Jesus stops and tells the crowd, hey, you guys, bring him over to me. I hear his call. In fact, Luke tells us that Jesus commanded that the man be brought to him. He commands the crowd and says, you people, bring him over. I want to see this blind beggar. I want to see this man who is despised and rejected. Because I came to save sinners like him. Now imagine this, all of these people have been rebuking this man and telling him to be quiet. Essentially they're saying, Jesus wants no part with you. You are the scum of the earth, the lowest of the low. This teacher, rabbi, wants nothing to do with you. But suddenly Jesus turns to the people and tells them that he wants to see the man. Imagine the shock on the face of these people. What? You want to see him? That man? But you're the Messiah. You're the Savior of the... You want to see him? You're a great teacher who has done miracle after miracle. You raised a dead man back to life. And you want to see Bartimaeus? These people must have been shocked. And they relay the message then over to Bartimaeus and they tell him that Jesus wants to see him. And notice what they tell Bartimaeus. Take courage. 
which is a command. And then they'd say, stand up, which is another command. Those words are both imperatives in the Greek. Notice what they're doing. They're commanding this man, take courage, stand up. These people are commanding this of him, and they still treat him as a lowlife, as if they are greater than him. I don't imagine for a second these people are saying with a smile on their face, you should be very encouraged, Bartimaeus. Jesus wants to see you. Here, let me help you up. It's not what's going on here. Look, take courage and stand up. It's a command. Because they still saw themselves as greater than this man who's on the side of the road begging. Get up. Go and see him. Now what's interesting is Bartimaeus is blind. (laughs) He can't get to Jesus. He doesn't know where he's at. He can't just walk and make a beeline for Jesus. He needs help. He needs someone to take him to Jesus. Luke tells us that Jesus commanded that those in the crowd bring him to Jesus. Imagine that. These people who have been looking down on this poor beggar and who would walk past him daily as if he was no greater than a rock on the side of the road. They now have to take this man and help him to get over to Jesus. Look what it says in verse 50. Throwing aside his cloak, he jumped up and came to Jesus. Bartimaeus didn't slowly stand on his feet. No, he jumped to his feet. He jumped up and he came over to Jesus, obviously with the help of the people. And imagine the excitement now of Bartimaeus, ignored all of his life by the people who would walk by him daily, and now here is a man who cares for him. A man who actually wants to see him. Bartimaeus must have been thrilled. His heart must have been racing to go and stand before Jesus. And then in a response of total compassion for this man, verse 51 says, and answering him, Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? What is it, Bartimaeus? What do you want me to do for you? Tell me, what is it? I heard you yelling for me over there on the side of the road. Bartimaeus, what do you want? What's really interesting is if you look back over at verse 36, I encourage you to do that. Go back to verse 36 and look at what happens in this encounter with James and John. Remember prideful James and John? Filled with pride, we want to sit on your right and your left. Look at what it says in verse 36. And Jesus said to them, what do you want me to do for you? It's the exact same question. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked the exact same question to Bartimaeus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked it of James and John to expose their prideful hearts. But he asks it here to Bartimaeus to put on display for the people around him a heart of faith. 
Bartimaeus had a heart of faith. James and John, their, their heart was prideful. But not Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus responds in verse 51 and he says, Rabbi, I want to regain my sight. Notice he calls him Rabboni, that is, teacher. Notice it's not rabbi, but Rabboni. It's a more reverent form of rabbi. It is my teacher, my master. It's a reverent way of saying teacher or master. Luke also tells us that he says Lord. He calls Jesus Lord, that is his master. He is saying, Lord, Rabboni, I want to regain my sight. My master and my Lord. I just want to regain my sight. And in a state of complete humility before Christ, this man wanted Jesus to do something that was impossible. That no one else could do for him. He wants Jesus to do something that was impossible. And his response, this response, I want to regain my sight, showed his great faith in who Jesus was. Matthew then tells us that Jesus was moved with compassion and he touched his eyes. And immediately Bartimaeus, along with the other blind man that was with him, gained their sight. They gained their sight. It was the compassion of Christ to heal this lowly and despised man. It's the heart of Christ to have compassion for this humble man who comes seeking Christ. Down in verse 52 it says, And Jesus said to him, Go, your faith has made you well. Immediately he regained his sight and began following him on the road. This here is a double meaning. Go, your faith has made you well. It's a, it's a double meaning that's there. Not only did this man receive his sight, and he became well physically, but he was also healed spiritually. He received eternal life that day. It was not just a physical miracle. This was also a spiritual miracle. His heart of stone was turned to a heart of flesh. His heart that was dead was made alive. And he received the gift of eternal life that day. And imagine this man. Imagine for a moment. When this man opened his eyes, who was the first person that he saw? His Savior. His Lord. His Master is standing right there in front of him as he opens his eyes to receive not only a physical miracle, but also a spiritual miracle for this man to receive eternal life that day. And his eyes are opened. And there's Jesus. There's his master. 
This man received the most amazing gift that day. Not the gift of physical sight, but the gift of spiritual sight. The blindness of his heart was opened so that he could see. This man was blind both physically and spiritually before he met Jesus, but after meeting Jesus, he could now see both physically and spiritually. The blinders are removed from his heart, and his heart then burst forth in praise. Because that's what always happens when a person comes to saving faith in Christ, right? Luke tells us that he began following Jesus glorifying God. As he followed Christ, he was telling everyone around him of what God has done in his life, of what Jesus has done, and he's giving glory to God, and he's singing praises, and he's shouting praises because Jesus has just not healed him physically, but Jesus has healed him spiritually. And he rejoices. Because that's what a heart does when God gets a hold of it and gives it life. Bartimaeus was a walking illustration of what happens when someone meets Jesus. A walking illustration of what happens when someone meets our compassionate Savior. In closing, I want to remind you of our passage from last week. Look back at Mark chapter 10 and verse 43. Remember what Jesus taught his disciples. We talked about this last week. Verse 43, it says, But it, was, it is not this way among you. But whoever wishes to become great among you shall be your servant. And whoever wishes to be first among you shall be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. What did Jesus do for this blind beggar? He became his servant. Jesus became this man's slave. Because Jesus didn't come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for this man and for all who put their faith in Christ. Jesus here put on display for His disciples what it means to be a servant. What it means to be a slave of all. Even the blind beggars who are on the side of the road. Even the people whom the world looks at and says, you are the scum of the earth. Jesus said, no, I came to serve them. Not to be served, but to serve them. And that's exactly what Christ did that day. He served Bartimaeus. And for that reason, God highly exalted Christ and gave him the name that is above every name. We have a merciful and compassionate Savior, right? If you're here this morning and you have not received mercy from our merciful Savior, 
recognize and realize that you are a sinner who cannot save yourself. One commentator says this, the Pharisees and the rich young ruler were likely candidates for salvation who missed it because they trusted in themselves and refused to acknowledge their sin. He goes on and says, Bartimaeus and Zacchaeus were unlikely candidates for salvation who obtained it through faith in God's mercy apart from anything in themselves. Come to the Savior today. Come and receive mercy from Him. He's before you this morning. Right before you this morning. And listen to me, you may never have another chance again. This was Bartimaeus' last opportunity. Here comes Jesus of Nazareth. This was it for him. He had to get the attention of Jesus. He had to call out and to beg for mercy because this was it. You don't know if you're going to make it home today. Sadly, there was a coach who was traveling home from a baseball game this past week on 169. Tragic. Tragic. That coach thought he was going to make it home that day. Jesus is before you this morning. What will you do with him? Come to him. Turn from your sins and put your faith in Him alone for salvation. And if you do that, you can receive the gift that Bartimaeus received. The gift of eternal life. Jesus is a merciful and compassionate Savior and He's ready and willing to save. Come to Him this morning. And receive eternal life from Him today. Let's pray. Father, what an amazing passage. What an amazing display of mercy. Father, we thank You that You are a compassionate God a compassionate Savior, a merciful Savior. Who gives us eternal life even though none of us deserve it. Father, I pray that if there is anyone here this morning that doesn't know you, I pray that they would call out to you and beg for mercy. Father, I pray that they would come to You in repentance of their sin. That they would put their faith in Jesus Christ who came to die on a cross for their sin and who was buried and who rose again on the third day and offers them eternal life. Father, I pray that You would do Your work in hearts this morning for Your glory. And Lord, for those of us who have received mercy, 
Father, I pray that we would live lives like Bartimaeus who followed after Christ, giving glory to you. May we live our lives singing and shouting praises for who you are and what you've done for us. We thank you. We love you. We thank you for your word that speaks to us, that changes us. And Lord, may we leave here glorifying you and giving praise to your name and your name alone. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.